William Nuttall, thank you for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today. We're at the Festival of Ideas, the Electricity Policy Research Group, looking at the good, the bad and the ugly in terms of energy policies. How did you arrive at your two statements and why? I think I wanted to um, raise two issues that are of topical concern uh, and uh, to do them in in ways that would engage with our audience um, of uh, members of the uh, public regionally interested in issues of energy and the environment. And and the the first one, our competitive energy markets can deliver investment in new nuclear plants. Can you justify that? I I hope so. The intention really is this, to say that uh, over the last 20 years, uh, the United Kingdom has done much to build competitive energy markets. And right now, for reasons of climate change and energy security, um, there's much interest in the possibility of building new nuclear power stations. But the last time we did it, we didn't have an uh, energy market. We had, for electricity, uh, essentially central planning. But the government tells us today that the government does not build power stations. So if the government doesn't build them, can the market build us nuclear power stations? I think it probably can. And, And there's also strange attitudes to nuclear power depending on which country you're in, aren't they? That's fascinating. Yes, the other uh, suggestion I put forward was that actually Britain should hand its energy policy over to the European Union because um, the 27 member states of the European Union retain their own local policy for the electricity generation mix. So in some countries, uh, nuclear energy is a source of national pride, whereas in others it's essentially illegal. And essentially I regard that as somewhat bizarre. It, it is bizarre, but, but do, do you think that, that, that nuclear, perhaps now, because all the talk is of the green energies, uh, the green energy technologies, do you think perhaps in the main it, it has had its day? I think that um, saying it's had its day is maybe a twist on the notion that it's a mature technology, and I think there's nothing wrong with being a mature technology. Uh, while conceding it is mature, I, uh, I don't want to say that there's no opportunity for further research and development. There most definitely is. But the main point I'd like to make is that um, more than 400 nuclear power stations are operating around the world. This is a technology that has been made to work and is known to work. And the challenge is, as I mentioned in my first statement, to make sure this can be done in a competitive economic framework. And, and it can be, because, of course, the one thing here with public uh, sector expenditure cuts it is can we afford things, lots of big projects, big ideas, uh, particularly involving capital investment, are being put on ice. But you think that there is a competitive market for nuclear energy? I think that the prospect of actual treasury subsidy for significant parts of uh, electricity policy is, is, is not on the table for many reasons, including the Uh, constrained economic times. But there's always been the possibility that um, electricity consumers can be paying for uh, major investments through their bills. And frankly, uh, every every family in the country is an electricity consumer. So so, uh, whether it's paid through taxes or through electricity bills is, I suppose, at the consumer uh, perspective, essentially the same thing. Um, My uh, my sense is that um, decisions and and implementation of decisions to build large energy infrastructures, well, they used in the 50s and 60s to be made by government and nationalised industries. And I don't detect any need to return to that for nuclear power. But the market we have at the moment is not delivering um, the kind of balanced and uh, technology-neutral incentives that nuclear power needs. And so what's the solution to that? Well, I think one of the things that, that, that should be done is to, if we do believe in a carbon price, that it should be stable and it should be substantial. 
Uh, I think that the 15 euro a ton CO2 price right now is is insufficient to incentivize the changes that need to be made. But equally, um, the policy driver of energy security, which is essential and vital, it, it one struggles to bring that into a market framework. Uh, there are various ideas in play, and I think, for instance, um, allowing prices to spike to provide a, a spur to investment, uh, or admitting a capacity payment, which is money for having a power station, not just for generating. I think these are, these are kind of policy adjustments to the market, which would not destroy the market. If we then move on, you mentioned your second statement, Britain should hand energy policy to the European Union. I mean, could we really get rid of all those 27 energy ministers and have one energy supremo? Wouldn't the lobbyists have a field day? Well, I think that, it, you know, it is perhaps slightly ironic that, you know, here I am as a, as a, as a British citizen uh, talking about a very Euro-Federalist notion of, of handing powers to Brussels. And I, I know the uh, coalition government has a position exactly opposed to that position. Um, but but I, I, I see merit in it. I think at the fundamental level, um, it's not a policy that where this, um, forgive the uh, Euro word, subsidiarity is needed. Uh, because I see that the, my sense is that global climate challenge is global and not regional. And uh, increasingly, the challenge of energy security is about the European Union as a whole importing uh, energy resources from the rest of the world. So this is a, an area where Europe could speak so much more powerfully if it had one one voice. Um, and, you know, we should recognize that in many, many other areas, uh, the member states have handed their sovereignty over to, to Brussels, including this country has. And I, I just think that the case for doing it for energy is at least as strong uh, as in some other areas. And yes, you ended by talking about real global leadership from Europe on energy policy. Could that ever happen? Well, I th I, I'm a, an optimist, let's say, and, or even a stoic. I, I, I think that if the European Union institutions are given serious power, then they become serious and they, become, they reflect on the, the, the responsibility that they have. Uh, and I would trust that... Uh, and remember, these institutions are ever more democratic. I would trust that we would act, actually have sensible, rational... Uh, and realistic policy making from Brussels. Um, my sense, sad to say at the moment, is that um, some of the policies out of Brussels look more like hope than experience. But um, if energy policy were put up to the European level, I think it would become uh, a much more powerful uh, offering from Brussels. And equally, uh, Europe would look a much more credible and persuasive voice from outside. And that, I think, is the, the real, really important challenge uh, facing the world and Europe at this time. Now, when we came to that real important vote on your two propositions at, at the, the end of the hour's debate with the panellists, you did rather well, didn't you? Do you want to just tell us your results? You, I think in terms of the good, the bad and the ugly, uh, people actually sort of agreed with you on both. Yes, I think the one that struck me the most was how... Um, the audience went from a kind of, uh, as one might expect, moderately Eurosceptic position to actually being uh, attracted to my proposition that we should hand energy policy to Brussels. Um, one other thing, I think there is an opportunity for Brussels to become more engaged in energy because for other reasons it's clear that the Lisbon Treaty is not the last treaty. Uh, right now, in, in, in October 2010, there's discussions of a need for at least treaty reform uh, regarding uh, the euro. Uh, Britain's position on that remains to be seen. Uh, but also I point out in the energy space, um, uh, one of the very oldest treaties of the European Union, which has never been modified, is the Euratom Treaty, which frankly I regard as an anachronism. It, it benefits from none of the modernization that we've seen in the rest of the European Union uh, realm. And um, 
I would commend that treaty for revision. So I, I think there is an opportunity for uh, a subsequent treaty after Lisbon. And why not have the first treaty named after an important and, and major British city for once? Which city? Well, London would be too easy. I don't know. Um, Glasgow? I, I knew that you, you had that answer on the tip of your tongue, so I, I did answer it. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you, uh, William Nuttall, in Europe next. Thank you ever so much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today here in the Lecture Theatre at the Festival of Ideas, the Electricity Policy Energy Research Group, Energy Policies, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. I've enjoyed it. Thanks very much.